to the Development Policy Centre podcast. I'm Ashley Bettridge. I recently had the chance to talk to Dr Linda Van Leeuwen, a capacity building specialist for Inichua, a landholder company based on the island of Lihir in PNG that provides a wide range of services to resource companies. Linda also heads their corporate social responsibility work, predominantly focused on eliminating violence against women. And she has also been involved heavily with the PNG Business Coalition for Women as a founding board member and chair of its Addressing Violence Working Group. During her visit to Canberra as part of the ANZ PNG Gender Parity Symposium, I chatted with Linda about the gender violence issue in PNG, how it affects business, and what business, particularly in the resource sector, can do to help. We began by discussing Linda's work with Anitua. I started work with Anitra mainly in a marketing capacity and all sorts of different projects, really small projects. And uh, it evolved into sort of a program manager role for our Elimination of Violence Against Women program. Mm. And we were inspired to develop this uh, program. I guess the the impetus for that or the, the main starting point was our involvement with the National House Cry um, back three and a bit years ago and certainly Anitra was asked to sponsor a, a protest sort of march and awareness event on Lahir. We got involved in that and were just really touched emotionally um, by the, the women's stories that we've heard. Also a number of our staff have been working in PNG for a really long time and um, particularly our leadership, our managers, and are very aware of gender violence and, and how prevalent it is. So we started to think about what could we do as a business to make our workplaces safer for women and also much more supportive of our staff. So it's about safety and also about um, being supportive and being understanding and also looking at the broader community because Lahir is our birthplace and we wanted to do stuff for the, the people, the women, the families of Lahir, but our businesses operate all over PNG. So we have lots of communities and how we look at making them safer as well. Mm-hmm. So it all came and sort of turned into this elimination of violence against women program and part of that work as well as also working with the PNG, the broader PNG business community through another organisation called the Business Coalition for Women. Do you have a, a large proportion of your workforce as, as women or how was that affecting your business's operations, that issue of gender-based violence? Yeah, we, we do. Um, we've got roughly 3,000 employees scattered throughout the country and more than a 1,000 of those are women. Certainly with our catering and our camp management company, NCS, they employ... Um, a large proportion of our staff, I think about 1,900, and 900 of those are women. So when you look at statistics and say roughly 70% of PNG women suffer violence, including sexual violence, and as a manager or a leader or someone who cares about staff, and you've got to ask yourself the question, is it acceptable or can we tolerate or can we afford to ignore the fact that 70% um, of our female workforce are suffering violence? And our answer to that is it's absolutely unacceptable. We need to address it. What can we do? 
Mm. And do you think that um, being involved with the Business Coalition, that this is an issue that, that many parts of the private sector are starting to realise affects their business? Yes. Yes, I really do. Um, and the Business Coalition was formed um, in recognition that women in PNG, they do suffer, but also because there is a great business case for employing more women, um, empowering, developing, training, promoting those women, and also protecting women. And um, the Business Coalition for Women conducted a survey last year, I think it was, and 94% of the people who responded to the survey said that they believe that gender violence has a negative impact on their workplace, Mm -hmm. on their productivity, on their profit. So that's 94% of member businesses saying that. And the same businesses are essentially crying out for services, for solutions to help them to address gender violence. In Australia, there's the White Ribbon Workplace Program. Um, Anitra is the only um, PNG business that's implementing that program. Um, but it doesn't take into account all the challenges and difficulties of trying to address gender violence in the workplace when it comes to PNG. Uh, so the Business Coalition for Women has developed a number of services or solutions for the PNG workplace developed by PNG business for PNG business. So what are some of those solutions involved? What are the businesses looking to do? Um, the, I guess the, the main service we've developed, um, and again, with PNG business input, um, with the amazing support from the World Bank's IFC and also University of New South Wales Gender Violence Research Network, FSV specialist and service providers in, in PNG as well. It's looking at what we call the, the model family and sexual violence workplace policy. It's really a suite of strategies and tools for business and there's a lot of training and consulting implementation services that come with that. So, and it's it's something that we can fit to the business and tailor to the business. It's not something that you try and squish and, and fit the business to, to sort of fit this, this model. Um, so thinking about, you know, what policies can an organisation have to support the workforce in terms of looking at special leave policy, um, uh, anti-violence policy, specific gender violence policies, um, ways that you can support your staff. So can you change someone's roster, for example, so that they're not coming in contact or have a, a less chance of coming in contact with a violent partner? Can you relocate them from one particular location to another? Can you change email and phone addresses? Um, can you provide them with some very basic legal advice, training up point of contact staff so that staff know that there is someone who is sensitive and, and uh, professionally trained within their organisation and who can very confidentially assist them, refer them to uh, whatever service providers are available in their area. Um, so there's lots of different things that businesses can do to make their workplaces more supportive mm-hmm. and and safer. We've also developed a legal guide for employers because most employees and most employers don't understand the law. 
and the various laws that can help protect and support staff. There is a much greater awareness of the Family Protection Act, but there are other laws as well that workplaces can use to support their staff, and not just supporting victims, but how does a workplace or a business deal with perpetrators as well? That was what I was going to perhaps touch on next, whether that's something that business feels they're able to have that, have that conversation with their employees. Yeah. Um, well, it does come down to training, and at the moment, uh, NCS, our catering camp management company, and also steamships, uh, you know, piloting this uh, new suite of strategies, this FSB workplace policy and and, um, and the services that, that come with it. So to deal with perpetrators who you employ, that is a very sensitive area. Um you can have policies that can assist you with that. And the most important thing first, most, and, and, and primarily is staff awareness and education campaigns that this is unacceptable in your eyes as an employer. But um, employers need to be very mindful when you're trying to assist um, staff with gender violence that you do no harm. Um, and if by sacking a perpetrator, for example, is going to um, put that person's partner, typically the wife, in harm or greater risk of violence, then you just you can't go down that path. Um, and a lot of people want to help; they try to help, but you always have to be very mindful of of doing no harm. And it may be that the woman, um, maybe she just needs someone to talk to, um, maybe she wants to be referred on to other service providers, um, chances are that she won't want the, her husband to lose his job because of the income situation. Um, this is not an easy field to navigate, but it is a field that has to be navigated. Mm. For business to sort of see that this is such a big need and get involved, there must also be, they must recognise that there's costs to them as well from the current situation. I think you mentioned something this morning that you had some data on how much it was costing. Yes. <laughs> Roughly. <laughs> yes. Um, I think anyone who's been doing business in PNG for a while, you would have to acknowledge that there are costs associated with gender violence. Gender violence is costing um, PNG business operations an enormous amount of money in terms of lost productivity, absenteeism, staff churn, um, etc. A, um, a recent report that, or some research that some members of the Business Coalition got involved with, um, it was through the Overseas Development Institute. Um, they're a UK think tank, and I think DFAT. Um, played a considerable role in terms of the funding of this research as well. Now, putting an actual dollar cost or a keener cost on the business cost of violence, and um, there had been some research done not so long ago on the general cost of, of violence to the PNG business community, but this looked specifically at gender violence, and it was estimated conservatively, I've got to add, that up to 10% of the company's payroll... Um, 
is spent on gender violence, or that's what it costs a company. I mean, this is absolutely huge. Um, So if a business can't be convinced on the importance on moral humanitarian grounds to address gender violence and support their staff, make their workplaces safer for staff, they've got to look at what is actually costing them in money. And I think businesses will be surprised to see what it is actually costing them. I also want to talk to you a bit about the resource sector as you're involved in, in, in that area of work. And, you know, I think, um, you know, the resource sector is so important for the economy in PNG, but there's also been some criticism about um, whether it exacerbates issues like gender-based violence in some of the communities where it works. And I just wondered, you know, have you are you seeing a, a greater recognition in the resource sector of these kinds of issues? How do you think, um, you know, is there any learning going on from perhaps some of the quite public issues that have arisen in the last few years around that? Yeah, um, it's readily acknowledged that in the, the mining footprint or oil and gas footprint communities, there are greater rates of gender violence than in the, the, the broader community. So if we're, and it's accepted that roughly 70% of women in, in PNG uh, suffer gender violence. Um, so you would think that women who live in resource communities, work in resource communities, are experiencing gender violence at higher rates than at 70%. Um, so there's, and there's also been a very uh, long acknowledgement that gender violence is, is, is a problem in, in resource communities. We are seeing some absolutely amazing leadership um, through Oil Search, for example, and the Oil Search Foundation with its establishment earlier this year in the Women's Protection and Empowerment Unit. And I can't wait to see that the work that they're doing in that area Um, and the impact it has on other resource companies because I think some resource companies will look at them and go, we so definitely need to be doing that, that's inspiring, let's go down the path. And I believe some other companies will be shamed into going down that path. Um, I also have to, um, with Anitua, we're not a mining company, we're not um, an oil and gas company. We consider ourselves to be very much part of the resources industry, though, because we have a lot of businesses that service mining companies and also oil and gas companies. So the the work that we're doing is certainly up there in terms of leading the PNG business community on addressing gender violence with our workplace programs, um, the fact that we're the only business in PNG implementing the White Ribbon Workplace Program um, and doing a lot of lobbying work for mining companies as well because our staff go out and work in in mining workplaces. We want those staff to be protected and that's why we're lobbying mining companies and wanting to talk to them about how they can make their workplaces safer for women. Something that I'd, I'd really like resource companies to do is actually reconceptualise gender violence as not just a community problem or a law and order problem or a, a private matter to be dealt with away from the workplace, but I want them to reconceptualise it as a workplace safety issue mm-hmm. because women do get assaulted in resource um, company workplaces. They get assaulted on um, company-provided transport and going to and from um, the transport. They get assaulted in the accommodation blocks. Now, basic workplace safety legislation stipulates that employers must provide 
safe workplaces. Mm -hmm. If women are being assaulted in these workplaces, then those workplaces are obviously not safe. Um, resource companies have amazingly sophisticated um, workplace safety systems and management plans in place. There is a huge capacity for them to address gender violence as a workplace safety issue. Workplace safety is very, very important for resource companies. And if they were to give um, gender violence and look at gender violence as a hazard, a workplace hazard, um, and it's a hazard that has carries a high risk in that staff are injured, sometimes to the point of permanent disability, and certainly there's the risk of death there as well. Any other hazard with those characteristics would receive the utmost priority and attention in terms of senior safety staff. Gender violence does not. It needs to be looked at as a workplace safety issue. Um, my understanding is this is there some there is a move um, towards this by some companies, and I have to acknowledge that Newcrest have started to look at this, particularly on Lahir. I don't know about their other operations, um, but I would like to see mining companies look at it that way, but also the government arm of mining as well with the Mineral Resources Authority. And we're talking about legislation. I'd love to see the, the MRA, and they're definitely showing leadership with their Women in Mining program and the different things that they're funding there. But I'd like them to actually to be encouraging or, or forcing our mining and oil and gas companies to tick the gender box when they apply for their licences or, or licence renewals in the same way that they need to tick um, the community box and also tick... Um, the environment box. So let's actually force resource companies to address gender and within that to be, to be making them look at gender violence within their workplaces and very importantly within their communities as well. It's interesting you touched on the, the government angle because that was what I wanted to sort of ask you next because you're out here through the Gender Parity Symposium which has this great mix of um, private sector, government and all sorts of actors coming out to talk about this issue and um, it sounds like it's a significant challenge for business. What more could government be doing to support the type of work that you're involved in? Yeah, um, well, one of the things that's giving me you know, great hope when it comes to the, the resources sector. Um, so I'm hearing that the, the MRA has um, significant planning underway for a program that's called something along the lines of their, their family and sexual violence in PNG resource communities. And, again, there's World Bank involvement in this program and the program has the potential to provide some amazing capacity building around the provision of gender violence services in these resource communities. So the provision of services or capacity building in terms of setting up a proper FSV or family sexual violence unit at police stations in these footprint communities having a family support centre at the local medical centre or, or hospital, 
um, having properly trained and gender sensitized um, magistrates and you know the village court system as well looking at them having gender violence counseling training and um, one of the things I see that the government showing leadership in through the, the Mineral Resources Authority on Lahia, where I'm based, is the fact that they have supported um, a program of training for gender violence counsellors. Lahia never had um, any counsellors that um, women could actually go to. So Anichua, who I work for, um, as well as the MRA through its Women in Mining or WIM program and also Newcrest have helped fund this course of training. So they're here for the first time as this cohort of, of gender violence um, counsellors or, or, or trainees. Um, so that's been very important. Um, but I, I think um, with this FSV and resource um, communities program that the resource companies will see the benefits of having you know a proper integrated range of family and sexual violence service providers they will see the benefits for the communities in which they operate in which is obviously very important but they'll see the benefits to their their workforce um, it's, it's very hard to come to work and be productive and focused and efficient and do a great job if you have violence in your life because it, the mental health toll of violence is, is just so extreme. So resource companies will see improvements in, in productivity with their own, own staff and that's important. And my understanding is that these, um, this program will be piloted in a couple of PNG mining communities and when they see the success that they do have, I'm really hoping it will be rolled out to other communities. And you mentioned, Ash, about the importance of the resources sector and the economy. Mm -hmm. um, the resources sector plays a huge role. We know in the PNG economy, when resource companies aren't doing all that well, the PNG economy isn't doing all that well. Mm -hmm. So shouldn't we, as a sector, be looking at ways to improve the productivity of resource companies? And one way of doing that is um, looking after the women that are employed by these companies so that they can come to work and function and be productive and make the contributions that um, they have the potential to make. Well, it sounds like there's some really promising initiatives happening there, which is, is good to hear because, you know, the, the gender violence issue in PNG, it's, uh, you know, it's a difficult issue and we often don't hear of the positive developments mm. that are happening on that front. Um, so thank you for talking with us about it. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. You have been listening to a podcast from the Development Policy Centre. For more information on our work, visit our website at devpolicy.anu.edu.au. To join the conversation on Australian aid, Papua New Guinea and the Pacific, and global development policy, visit our blog at devpolicy.org. At the blog, you can also sign up to our newsletter for all the latest updates or connect with us on social media. Thanks for listening.